Yes. I will do the opposite. I used to sit here and do nothing and regret it for the rest of the day. So now I will do the opposite and I will do something. Excuse me, uh, I couldn't help but notice that you were looking in my direction. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. You just ordered the same exact lunch as me. <laughs> my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. I'm Victoria. Hi. But I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> Happy two-year anniversary, Ivan. Happy anniversary, Stephen. Jeez, you've... Uh, it's probably one of the longest relationships I've ever had in my life. One of the yeah. longest significant relationships. <laughs> significant, yes. You're not my significant other, but you're one of my significant others. One I of guess. many significant others. There's relationship uh, Ivan, and then there's podcasting Ivan. Podcasting Ivan, yes. And then yes. there's... Many other Ivans, I'm sure. And you're killing relationship, Ivan. No, you're not. <laughs> no, not really. No. Uh, and thank you for, if you've been a long-time listener, for putting up with our bullshit for <laughs> two years and uh, bearing with our growing pains, especially in the first sort of three to six months. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we couldn't be more stoked. We're about halfway through the episodes and uh, it's just going to get better from here. So if you've been with us from the start, amazing. If you're a newer listener, even better. Uh, it, it's awesome. So it feels like a little achievement. And uh, the episode we're doing today to mark the occasion of our second year anniversary as a Seinfeld podcast is the opposite. The opposite. That's right. A few weeks ago, we did put a poll on Facebook and Twitter with uh, four classic episodes and uh, we got you to pick the episode. And by a very slim margin, the opposite was the winner. Absolute classic episode. Oh, how Watching good is it, it again today, I, know, I forgot I how good it is. Uh, yeah, and, and it's very popular and it's very well loved by a lot of people. And a lot of people rank this as their favourite episode. Yeah. Which I, I th- can see. Yeah. I definitely. think it's one of the first true format breaking episodes of Seinfeld. You know, it, it even though Seinfeld broke the format of sitcoms in the nineties, this within Seinfeld itself broke the format of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, not just uh I mean, it still followed a linear storyline, but just it it turned the it turned the classic sort of individual narratives on the head. Mm. Um, yeah, and it was a bit kind of wacky in a way. Like you know, there were sort of like metaphysical aspects to the to the idea of like evening out, and the universe will always you know pay. It was almost like a karmic theme yeah. throughout. Yeah. Um, you know, which is a bit more esoteric than normal for Seinfeld. So, which focuses on the everyday boring shit of life. And so. yeah, and so early on into the into the uh, series as well, season yep. five. You know, there were wisps of season eight. You know, season yeah. nine. You know, I reckon if this one was in season eight or season nine, it would have been a fully fledged wacky episode. They probably would have made it really wacky. For there sure. were some wacky elements, uh, like Elaine with the handkerchief with yeah. the juicy fruits in the mouth. But that's what makes it hilarious. So, yeah, no, it was yeah. it was really you have good. To suspend your bl- disbelief sometimes. For you know? sure, it was. Yeah. A perfect balance of wackiness and just you know what makes Seinfeld amazing so exactly uh before we get on with the episode just want to let you know that you can check us out on social media on uh, twitter instagram facebook and reddit you can email us at bidwillbaskpodcast at gmail.com uh, you can listen to this podcast and any, uh, well, sorry, all of our older podcasts. On, <laughs> yeah, of course. On, Go through the archives. Or any podcast. Yeah, or any podcast. Well, this one preferably. Yeah, yeah and yeah, then and fine. then followed by others <laughs> uh, on whatever podcast you, you wish to listen to. If you want to review us or rate us, that would be amazing. Um, and you can also check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Uh, for various dollars per month, Australian dollars per month, you can get access to various tiers. Yes. I won't go into the details. Go there and check it out. Um, but it will give you early access to our episodes and uh, to our about-to-be-completed season 10. That's right, yes. So by the time this episode is released, well, actually, before this episode's released to everyone else, um, yeah, our season 10 finale will be up. So That's right. I hope you enjoy that one. And, and Patreon listeners get it straight away. That's right. And we're awesome. already uh, putting putting ideas in the in the hat for yeah, season 11 yeah. later on in the year. Yeah, later so on in the we'll year. We'll take a bit of a break. I think so, yeah. And then it's we'll been, crack on with season 11. Yeah, I have commented in the past. It's been very enjoyable, but pretty full-on too. Yeah. <laughs> more full-on than I expected. It's been a bit of a learning curve. Yeah, it's been great. And also, we haven't done this one in a while, Steve, but uh, we'd like to thank our two current patrons on Patreon, uh, Tim and Greg, for their support. Uh, Tim's been with us for at least seven months, mm-hmm. uh, so thank you very much, and Greg's been with us for at least a few months Yeah, as thanks, well, fellas. So thanks, guys. And if you want to be like Tim and Greg, uh, head to Patreon <laughs> and check it out. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right, Steve, so as we have done the last couple of weeks, uh, we have moved a couple of segments forward, uh, Seinfeldisms and Seinfeld trivia. That's right. And Seinfeld news, of course. So uh, what do you reckon, trivia? 
Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Awesome. So, so the trivia that Ivan is reading is from a 2018 <laughs> calendar. <laughs> yes. But uh, there's enough days in the year for us to pick a day, and it's it's still relevant. I, do you think they could come up with 365 new facts that would be in a 2019 calendar? I don't I think so. I think you have asked me this before, and I've said that maybe they'll just shuffle the old ones around. Yeah, I think unless, so. Unless if something's come out, like unless if there's been an interview or something with Jerry in the last 12 months, something new that he may have added... Yeah, Maybe I, they'll throw it in. I don't think I, every year I, I 365 new facts are going to come out. It's been 20 years. Yeah. All the information's out there. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. All right. Today's trivia fact. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, love her, uh, used her Seinfeld clout to her advantage on future shows, securing producing credits on both New Adventures of Old Christine and Veep. She saw it as critical to guaranteeing authority over her projects and using her extensive experience. Yeah, no. Seinfeld was a jumping platform or whatever it's called for her. Yeah, stepping you know? stone. Stepping stone, yes. What was yeah. I saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, her career was going really well, but mm. uh, to take more control of it, you know, she's sort of more of a visionary now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's one of the one of the true veterans of, of modern comedy, I'd say, in the modern yeah. era. Fantastic. Indeed. Yes. Uh, let's do some uh, Seinfeldisms. Have you got any this week? None this week, unfortunately. I was hoping, I was trying to reach and reach and reach and get <laughs> something, but Nothing came out. You didn't go out and do the opposite? You didn't go out and say something you wouldn't normally <laughs> say just just to see how it would result? Uh, not really. I don't okay. think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Try See it. if it works. <laughs> just like a little personal experiment. I hate this podcast, and I hate you, Ivan. And this two <laughs> years has been the worst of my life. Well, that sounds like you're expressing your insecurities, not me. <laughs> not me saying what I would say. Or it's like Elaine saying to George, "Is that the opposite of is that you? What you're going to say, or is that just instinct? Instinct. Instinct. I like that scene. <laughs> like how George just completely know he knows exactly what he did, yeah. and that it, he shouldn't have said it, I and know. that Elaine's really mad. And he's just like instinct. You should stick with the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have two Seinfeldisms this week, so Lovely. one for me and one on behalf of regular guest Stacy. Oh yeah, who will be back soon. Yes. Uh, in case you're wondering. Uh, during the week, uh, Ivan and I work together, and I think we've mentioned that a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and any any sort of Seinfeld reference, we work for a company that has a lot of data. That's yeah. all we'll say. Vandalay Industries, go in places. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Nice big architecture firm <laughs> in Richmond. You know, they they actually they work out of an old Matchbox factory. There you go. Not Matchbox cars, as in like the matches. Yeah, matches. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. The redheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if you did enough research, you could figure out where we work. Not that you would want to, because who would care enough about us to to figure out where we work? Exactly. Anyway. Uh, any any sort of Seinfeld reference we come across in any of our customers or anything, uh, we always send to each other as little Seinfeldisms. And I won't reveal any personal details because that would be highly unethical. All I'll say is that I found a customer with the last name Sinfield. Sinfield. So that was close <laughs> enough. S i n f i e l d. Nice. Yeah. Do they so, live in Manhattan? No. <laughs> Not quite. They wouldn't be our customer if they did. Yeah, I was going to say wrong distributor, wrong <laughs> wrong area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and the second one is from Stacy again, but I'll take credit for it. Uh, she attended a festival over the weekend called Download. It's like a metal kind of festival. Mm, yeah. And uh, I was working it, and she sent me a photo of a guy. I think they were lining up at the bar or something. She was behind him. Might have even been for food, but it was a guy with a T-shirt that was just covered in George Costanza, just oh. a full George Costanza T-shirt. So different, different um, pictures of Costanza, or the no, same. No, it was image? one. It was one whole image. It was. Which I one was it? Ah, uh, it's it's a famous image of Costanza. Him doing like the thumbs up. No, 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 no. It's no? it's like a. Oh, I can't even like. I can't describe the image. Isn't distinct enough for me to describe it in okay, any significant sure. way. It's just his face. Yeah. But it's a well-known photo. I think it's from an episode, but yep. I can't remember which one. Did they send you a picture? Uh, yeah, Stacey did. I'll put oh. it up on our Instagram yeah, cool, and cool, uh, cool. our socials so you can have a look. If I see the face, I'll know which one it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. can't remember which one it is. Yeah, anyway, okay. so they're the two Seinfeldism for the week. Very good, Steve. Uh, what about some Seinfeld news? How many pieces do you have today? Uh, three this week. Beautiful. Uh, all right. Uh, so, first of all, a bit of juicy news. So, mm. uh, Laurie Lachlan? Yes. Is that how you say her name? Yes, Loch- Laurie Lachlan, the actress from the 90s, and uh, she was on The Serenity Now. That's right. So, she played Jerry's episode girlfriend. Her name's Patty in The Serenity Now. The one that makes Jerry cry. That's right. What's this salty discharge? <laughs> <laughs> so, her and uh, about 40 other people, including another actress, Felicity Huffman, mm, yeah. um, have been charged in a massive college cheating scheme. Mm. So... What's happened is that uh, between 2011 and 2016, I think, or 2017, uh, a whole bunch of people, mostly people with money, tried to get students to gain admission to top-tier colleges and university by pa- universities by paying bribes up to $6 million um, and getting students to be admitted uh, as recruited athletes under false pretenses and helping them cheat on entrance exams. Oh, my god! So they bribed a bunch of uh, college coaches. 
um, exam administrators, all sorts of people, basically to help them get into college when they their you know their academic results weren't enough. Talking about having too many dollars and not enough cents, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So according to the court documents, which you can actually view on a Rolling Stone article, oh, yeah. um, that you sent me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, you did the research yourself. Yes. Wink, wink. Yes, yes. I did the other two, not this you one. You know, because you're an inquisitive music journalist now and uh, you know, <laughs> a podcaster. You've got it all going. You, you've got all your fingers and all the vegan-friendly pies. So, you know, you're doing all right. Thanks, man. That's all right, man. Uh, I still need some, uh, you know, some extra help from other sources. So ah, that's all right. Can't, can't get all the information. <laughs> uh, anyway, according to court documents, uh, Lachlan and her husband, uh, he's a designer. Uh, he owns actually Mossimo Clothing, a, a pretty well-known... Oh, I didn't wow. even know they still existed. But yeah, I, that was stuff I used to wear when I was like eight. Yeah, it was very <laughs> Melbourne in the 90s. It you know. was, yeah. yeah. his name's uh, Mossimo Giannulli, I okay. think. Yeah. Uh, quote, agree to pay bribes totaling $500,000 in exchange for having their two daughters designated as recruits to the USC, that's the University of Southern California crew team, despite the fact that uh, neither participated in crew, which is uh, rowing. Why does the rowing team have Mossimo branding on their exactly, pants? Exactly, yeah. On their clothes? Yep. So a, <laughs> uh, I wonder why. <laughs> a representative for Lachlan uh, declined a comment to Rolling Stone and they said, quote, she has no information at this time to share. Um, and a rep for the other actress in the scheme, uh, Felicity Huffman, did not request for, uh, did not respond to any request for comment. Of course, so, it's still pretty early in the piece. Yeah, isn't it? They're yeah, still yeah. Trying to get all the info, yep. but yeah, 40, 40 arrests. Yeah, the FBI. It, was, wow. it was about forty-two, forty-three. <laughs> yeah, just over forty people, and uh, no doubt, like uh, the many ongoing situations in Seinfeld news, I'll keep you updated. Um, as more information comes to light. That's right. Uh, the second bit, uh, not news as such, but a little listicle, a little article. Uh, Screen Rant have put together a new list called Sen- 10 Seinfeld Characters and Their Real-Life Counterparts. Uh, it matches up a bunch of Seinfeld characters, mostly classic characters of the Core Four, um, and a bunch of others, and their real-life inspiration. So it's got a little bio about the characters, which I'm sure you know about being a Seinfeld fan and listening to this, and also their real-life inspiration. So the real-life Kramer, mm. uh, the actress who inspired uh, Elaine, and so forth. So that's a that's a cool little article. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and finally, there was a video released, and it's kind of weird, but it, it yeah, it's you just have to watch it to really to really. Um, uh, to really understand it, mm. uh, it was a video released through CNET, um, and it's Mark Zuckerberg and Jerry Seinfeld together having a chat. It's it's Jerry yes, Seinfeld, yeah, it's Jerry Seinfeld interviewing Mark Zuckerberg, but he's really sort of um, punishing him for details about his morning routine. He wants to know what Mark Zuckerberg does every morning, okay, and he's really really grilling him for details about what he did that morning. And Mark Zuckerberg, I think he says something like. I got up and, I don't know, went for a run or something. And, and Jerry goes, no, no, but what did you do exactly when you woke up? I stick the, the data cable into the back of my head yeah. and download everyone's information. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. I download the matrix into my brain. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. I don't think he's really a grapefruit and a black coffee kind of guy. No, 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 no. <laughs> like um, Jerry. No. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a weird little video. Um, we'll include a link in the show notes as well as to the other articles I mentioned. Wow. And that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. All right. Interesting one to finish off on. So, uh, yeah, today we're talking about the secondary characters from the episode as chosen by you to celebrate our second anniversary, the opposite. Today I have notes, Steve, on uh, Victoria and George's love interest, uh, Cushman, her uncle who works for the Yankees, uh, as well as those theatre punks. That's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah, those buggers. Punk and one a, and two. Yes, and a bit of info on uh, Regis, uh, Regis rather, and Kathy Lee. Yep. They're actually a real-life uh, TV duo back in the 90s. Yes, yes. Yeah. I've got a few notes as well as those characters uh, on Michael, manager, the manager uh, at the movie theatre, um, and also uh, Tina, Elaine's ex-housemate. Oh, yeah, she makes an appearance again. That's right. Yep. We have mentioned her previously. Yes. Um, Jake Jarmel, Elaine's boyfriend in this episode, and we have talked makes about Makes another appearance. And, yep. <laughs> uh, and Rachel Goldstein. Who makes final. another appearance. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, as well as uh, the chairman uh, and interpreter for the, I can't remember the name of the Japanese company that's buying uh, Pennant Publishing. Nakayama, I think, or something like Something like that. Like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, lots of characters to get through. Um, let's take a break, and yeah. then uh, we'll come back and crack on and... Let's crack on. Yeah, crack, crack on. on. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Mm-hmm. 
You're listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, and this is our second anniversary special. And my name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we went through some Seinfeld trivia, Seinfeld news, and a couple of Seinfeldisms, courtesy of Stevie Boy. And uh, today we're talking about the secondary characters from The Opposite, Season 5, Episode 22, 22, 21, 22. 22. It's the final episode of season five. Yes. And it's our second season finale in a row. We did the uh, understudy a couple of weeks that's ago. That's true, that's yeah, true. Yeah, before the Uncle Leo one. So there you go. But, you know, these episodes are picked in random order. So, you know, yeah. it could be anything. It could be eight season finales in a row. It could be eight first episode ones. Who knows? It depends how the cookie crumbles. How the cookie depends crumb- how the black and white cookie crumbles. <laughs> the black and white cookie crumbles. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's do a bit of a plot synopsis. What do you reckon, Steve? Sounds about good. The opposite. Considered one of the greatest Seinfeld episodes of all time. But yeah, it generally does, appears yeah. in a lot of uh, top ten lists. It does, but will it sit in our top ten? Who knows? You'll find out later in the episode. First aired in the US, May 19, 1994, directed by Tom Sharonis for the very last time. It's his last episode he directed before Andy Ackerman took over. Good way to go out. Yeah, I know, right? Excellent. Uh, Written by Larry David, Jerry Seinfeld, and Andy Cowan. Elaine gets a raise at Pendant Publishing, which is merging with a Japanese conglomerate to avoid bankruptcy. And they're also publishing Kramer's Coffee Table book about (laughs) coffee tables. Uh, She's also reunited with Jake Jarmel, who you mentioned before, Steve, played by Marty Rackham. George remarks to Jerry in Monk's Cafe that every decision he's ever made has been wrong, and that his life is the exact opposite of what it should be. Jerry convinces him that if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be be right. right. Yes. George experiments with doing the complete opposite of what he'd normally do. Uh, He orders the opposite of his normal lunch, and he introduces himself to a beautiful woman named Victoria, played by Dee Dee Pfeiffer, who happens to order the same thing. Jerry loses a stand-up gig and five minutes later is asked to perform another one on the same night for the same pay, prompting Kramer to call him Even Steven. (laughs) Like you, Even Steven. Well, a lot of things are going up for you, so it's not quite even. Well, I've had, I've had some rough times in my life, so maybe it's more of a long term. Even Stephen. oh, even it's Stephen, not, it's, okay. you know, Jerry's like a day to day. Even Stephen, he loses twenty bucks, he gets twenty bucks. He mm. loses a gig, he gets right, a gig. Right, right, right. You know, but I went through years of of horrible shit. Everyone's got ups and downs, but things seem to be going well now. So it's that's good. It's long term. <laughs> even Stephen, not 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 day to day. Or even Jerry warns George. You know, at the end of the episode, he goes, things "Everything have a way of evening out." That's right. He says mm. that. I like uh, how Jerry, just, how George, just goes up, 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 up. Like up, up, I don't want to hear your shit. Don't fucking don't pop my. You know. Don't pop my. What am I trying to say? I don't, don't know. like you know when someone's on a high. Yeah. But don't don't burst my bubble. Don't burst my bubble. Yep. Yeah. Don't burst my bubble. <laughs> bubble boy. You know, <laughs> Gore-Tex, whatever it is. So anyway, this causes Jerry to start noticing how every everything always ends up turning out exactly the same as originally planned. He never loses or gains a thing. George continues to do the opposite on his date with Victoria. Elaine, upon hearing that Jake has been in an accident, buys some juju fruits from a theatre concession stand before heading to the hospital. Jake takes extreme exception to her juju fruit detour and breaks up with her. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, like, if you were in a car accident, I mean, mm. or if, if, if someone you knew was in a car accident, you wouldn't stop by and get some vegan snacks, would you? You'd, you know, you'd just go straight there, wouldn't you? I think so, yeah. 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 Well, I think I'd, even if I was really hungry... I think I'd forget about my hunger because Probably. my friend or loved one is is in trouble and they yeah. need my help. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but I like how Elaine is like. But the the stand was right there, the stand and then you find right out later she bought popcorn as <laughs> and well. And she was eating popcorn in the cab. <laughs> I should have time to eat the juicy fruits. God, she's mean. Uh, so I love bad. I love it when she realizes that she's being caught. She's yeah. like, you know, she's like, oh, she's got like a mouthful like, full of oh. juicy fruits, and she's like, oh. and then I came right. At, uh, actually, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Good I'd scene. like to be alone now. <laughs> Good night. The n- <laughs> exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Jamel. Uh, the next day, Kramer appears on live with Regis and Kathy Lee to promote his book. After kissing her on, or Kathy Lee rather, on the mouth, he burns his mouth on the coffee and spits it all over her. This leads to his book tour being cancelled by Pendant Publishing, which arranged his tour. Thanks to his date, George gets an interview at the New York Yankees headquarters, where he also does the opposite of his instincts, and he criticises George Steinbrenner, Mm. my favourite secondary. First appearance. Yes, voiced by Larry David about his management practices, thus landing him the job of assistant to the travelling secretary. (laughs) He moves out of his parents' house. In rapture with his success, he comes to regard the opposite as his personal philosophy. It's his religion. His religion. That's right. I love uh, when he does the opposite with his parents. He's like, you know, I just want you to know how much you both oh, mean to me. That and kills I love me you every very time. Much. I watch this episode. Yeah. yeah, he's doing the opposite. I watched this episode three times wow. to, to review this, and that scene, I just die. It's so good. die with laughter. You know, because you think he's genuine. He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Jerry goes to Kramer. Yeah, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. <laughs> 
<laughs> hates his parents. <laughs> and Estelle's really moved. I think she's almost yeah, crying or yeah. she's tearing up. I know. And I love Frank's little like bop on the head. Like, you know, what does he say? Like, don't mess up with the Yankees. Don't mess up with the Yankees. Bop. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he really hit him. Probably. Yeah. It looked like a pretty genuine hit. You could hear the, the thwack yeah. coming off his head. No, yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it was, it probably wasn't as hard as it was portrayed to be but yeah. uh, it was definitely a solid little uh, solid, <laughs> solid little solid connection knock. yeah connection so anyway to finish off the plot Elaine finds out that she's been kicked out of her apartment building when Mr. Lipman played by Richard Fancy forgets his handkerchief in her office Elaine with her mouth full of juicy fruits tries to tell him but he cannot hear her later oh, for, uh, oh, Mr. Lipman Mr. Lipman so Mr. Lipman it's really frustrating because all she needed to do was, spit was, was pick up the handkerchief even if she oh, picked it up well you can touch the corner, I guess. Yeah, you can touch the corner or pick it up even with a tissue or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and take it to him. <laughs> or Lipman could have just gone back to get it. Yeah. You know, when he realises just as he's outside the door. And it's also really yeah. frustrating how Lipman doesn't clarify what he means by I can't shake your hand because of germs. Ah, uh, but that's the joke. I, I know it is, yeah. but, you know. But isn't it amazing how Elaine caused the downfall of a company? <laughs> yeah, well, as she says, I didn't know it would cause a chain reaction <laughs> that would lead to the to the whatever the receivership of Pennant Publishing. And I love how in that scene she's wearing glasses and like a denim jacket yeah yeah <laughs> you're like george <laughs> she starts george. looking like george yeah it's so good and her hair is kind of like unwashed <laughs> yeah. and you know undone i guess she's not balding though like no yeah um later when uh, Lipman sneezes without his handkerchief he won't shake hands with his japanese counterpart as you mentioned before and uh pendant publishing goes under uh elaine claims that she's become george jerry can only marvel at how things always even out for him first elaine was up and george was down now george is up and elaine is down but his life is exactly the same. I love it how uh, when Rachel breaks up with him, just how blown away she is when Jerry just goes, that's okay, that's I'll okay. meet someone else. Good luck. And <laughs> it's she been just nice goes, dating you for a while. And good luck or something like she's that. She's like, thank you. She's like, thanks. Yeah. Just walks out. <laughs> and he just he just looks completely content. Yeah, no problem. No it. harm, no foul. And then next week he probably gets a girlfriend. Or yep. in you know, season six, episode one, yep. he gets one. Well, he was, the, he was a producer. He can just write whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> what he wants, exactly. Other secondaries, and there are quite a few, Steve, in this one. A lot of returning ones and also some one-off characters so other secondaries we haven't mentioned include frank and estelle costanza uh, rachel goldstein who you mentioned before played by melanie smith which we have done a what's the deal with episode on um elaine's housemate tina played by siobhan fallon uh, they both reprise their roles for the last time in this episode yep tina and uh, rachel uh, also included are uh, paul gleason as yankees executive cushman who refers george to steinbrenner and he's also victoria's uncle uh hiram Karsten plays elaine's work friend michael uh, French Stewart uh, from Third Rock from the Sun. He's the theatre manager. Rolando Molina and Michael Friedman are the theatre punks. Ten Ka- uh, Ken rather Takamoto is the Japanese chairman. Martin Braverman, Wesley Thompson, Jeff Barton, and Jeffrey Von Meyer are the poker players in Jerry's apartment. A lot of secondaries. A lot of secondaries, and also playing themselves in a scene with Kramer, are Regis Philbin, and Kathy Lee Gifford. Nice. There nice. you go. What a meaty supporting cast for this episode. Perfectly uh, suited to our secondary anniversary. Oh, I know, right? Uh, before we get into the secondary characters, let's go through some episode trivia. Yeah, I've got quite a bit, but okay. I, won't, I won't say all of them, though. But uh, No, no, no. Yeah. There were, I mean, because this is such a highly regarded episode, there are there is a lot of trivia out there yeah but uh some of the main ones the original working title of the episode was called uh the even steven and that would have worked too i kind of like that but i think because it's more of a george centric episode they probably decided let's go with the opposite george's plot yeah because it wasn't really that that was the strongest storyline yeah because i found jerry was mostly pedestrian in this episode yeah yeah. so yeah it would have been weird if if the focus was on jerry another little coincidence you know this is a an an episode where jerry kind of takes the back seat like last week's the bus boy the bus boy that's right yeah yeah but in this one he literally had like no plot no not nothing, really nothing no um obviously it's the first episode which larry david voices uh, george steinbrenner and uh, lee bear provided the body of steinbrenner technically provided the arm the arm <laughs> oh in this episode yeah, yes. yeah 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 but you can also see the silhouette of his uh face as well that's right um regis yeah. philbin who you mm. mentioned before mm. uh she recounted in uh sorry he recounted in his memoir how i got this way how he was embarrassed and disappointed with jerry seinfeld and the show's writing crew after he repeated his line this guy's bonkos yeah, apparently the audience weren't too happy with that line no they weren't quite receptive to it no yeah. apparently he uh, objected line prior to the taping of the episode and wanted it removed 
Um, but uh, that was uh, that request was declined by Seinfeld, mm. um, and the writing staff didn't change it. There you go. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, well. What can you do? Yeah. Um, Martin Braverman, who I mentioned was one of the poker players in Jerry's apartment, he has also appeared in the handicap spot in season four, mm. an episode which we haven't done yep. as yet. Mm. Uh, also, Kramer tells Regis and Kathy Lee in the episode that the coffee table book uh, originated when he was skiing. However, in the cigar store Indian, which we've done an episode on. Um, he comes up with the idea after Jerry stains George's parents' coffee table. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And you do see the uh, the the titular cigar, <laughs> the store, cigar in store. I think Kramer goes like, "How's it going, man? Yeah, how's it going, so, man? Something like yeah, that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now the end of the uh, rant that George um, performs in the movie theater, which is just fucking amazing. Oh, amazing monologue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he says, "We're going to take it outside, and I'm going to show you what it's like." Uh, is taken almost verbatim from a Buddy Rich bootleg tape where he would berate his big band players for playing too loud. So yes. apparently he'd uh, crack the shits on stage yeah. and uh, someone taped it and uh, George just nicked it. He was such a freak jazz drummer, yeah. Buddy Rich. I yeah. can imagine he'd probably... He was a perfectionist. He wanted yeah. everything right like, with his um, talent. Like uh, James Brown. He, he apparently used to do that. He'd fine his players while they were playing if they made a mistake. Fine them? Yeah. <laughs> Prince did the same thing because they're such perfectionists in yeah. their music. But how do you how do you enforce that? Well, they're paid a salary. Oh, sure. You know, so they they're just paid take it out of their pay. Yeah, so yeah. they're like for every mistake they dock a hundred dollars from their pay or yeah, whatever right, it was. Right, right. You know, but uh, yeah, just it, it's it's yeah, kind of weird. <laughs> there you go. Um, and also quotes from Buddy Rich were also used in the episodes, the understudy and the butter shave. Nice. Mm, yeah. Any yeah. other episode trivia? Uh no, that's all I've got. Yeah, same. <laughs> let's get into the secondary characters. Yeah. Why Who are we, we talking s- about first? Uh, let's start with Victoria. Yeah, sure. Played by Dee Dee Pfeiffer. She's known for appearing in the films Falling Down, The All-Nighter, and Frankie and Johnny. Uh, she was nominated for Best Ensemble Cast at the Screen Actors Guild Awards for the TV series Sybil in 1995. And you're probably wondering, that surname sounds familiar. Yes, she's Michelle Pfeiffer's younger sister. Nice. Mm. Yep, two beautiful women and two great actresses. Oh, indeed, yes. Uh, yeah, so she is the niece of someone who works from the Yankees. Yeah. Yes. Um, did they mention her uncle's name? Oh, yeah, yeah. His name. Uh, geez, I had it before. Uh, Cushman. 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 Yeah. Oh, that is that is his uncle. Uh, yeah. Sorry, her uncle. So, gotcha. I don't know w- whether it's her paternal uncle, like whether her last name's Cushman. Yeah. Or it's her maternal. Who knows? Who cares? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, Victoria, um, she looked in the, in the scene where George introduces himself to her. She's very well dressed. I'm mm. guessing she's probably about to head to work. Or yeah, something. She probably, works probably in, in the corporate world somewhere. Corporate world, finance, Wall Street, or somewhere along there, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, something yeah. white-collar. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. I think, uh, just sort of along those lines, I think she works in, uh, maybe in finance, you know, where... Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, Wall Street, yeah. You know, and because it's uh, the sort of job where... Uh, you know, everyone sort of follows a routine. There's a there's a there's an atypical sort of person uh, who works. You know, that's not to say it's true in real life, mm. but in in movies and and TV and whatnot, it's you know it's a, it's an alpha personality who always wants to win, hyper competitive, yeah, lacking in morals. All of those sort of things mm-hmm. fit that sort of uh, stereotype of a a Wall Street person or whatever. Mm. And I think because and and also a lot of superficiality and materialism. Yeah, I think if if we assume she works in that world and she works long hours, she probably doesn't have a lot of time to meet men in different worlds or in different uh, orbits. Yeah, uh, I think George coming along and being the complete opposite, like the like the episode title suggests, yeah. of the men she's normally exposed to, where he just has no superficialities. He just admits he just I'm says I'm unemployed and live with my parents. I'm a I, loser. I think yeah. I think the the fact that he was so honest and so brazen about the fact he's everything that he thinks women don't find attractive. Uh, just blows her away. I think it's for her. It's very refreshing. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I think it's the first time that a man has come up to her and uh, being completely honest. And I think she really appreciates that. So maybe she's not as uh, you know. Maybe she values who someone is rather than what they have or what yeah, they do. Maybe, so I, yeah. I think she's quite a you know. Uh, even though we're assuming she works in some sort of high-flying job um, or a high-flying industry, she's just sick of those pretentious. Yeah, guys. I think she in, wants you know Street. someone. Yeah. As cliche as it is to say, I think she wants someone a bit more real, or bit a bit more, more down to earth, a bit more short and fat and bald and yeah. stocky. You know, and I and and <laughs> it, it really uh, spoke, well, it really jumped out at me that she was blown away by the fact that 
uh, you know, she's obviously very sexually attracted to George. You can see how sort of well, turned afterwards. on she is. But I think the first time, you know, they they're they find common ground in the lunch order, mm. you know, or the breakfast order, or whatever the lunch, whatever it was. Yep. They ordered the same lunch, mm. so I think that's what started it. Yeah. But then George's personality, or the opposite personality, coming through. Yeah. I think then she became attracted to him. Yeah. I think at first it was more of like a gesture of, oh, you ordered the same thing as yeah, me. Yeah, just like, like a funny cool. little coincidence. Oh, okay, yep. interesting. Yeah. But then I think from there it manifested, and yeah, even. She's saying, oh, you want to come up? It's only 9.30, you know. Yep. And wink, he just wink, goes, no, I don't think we should. Yeah. I mean, she you can tell she's very turned on by his uh, his rant and standing up for, you know, the other patrons of the cinema. And when everyone clapping in response. Yeah. And yeah. She, she just looks blown away. And I think she's a little, you know, I think she's a little hot under the collar. Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, super confidence is really... You know, it, people people appreciate it. People George, get turned yeah. on by it, and George really shows his assertiveness. Exactly, yeah, 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 without yeah. being you know an aggressive asshole. Yeah. You know, he just sticks. He's saying what everyone else is thinking. That's right. And she really appreciates that, and I think that turns her on a bit. Nothing. So, so she wants to sleep with him after the date, and the fact that he says no, uh, not in a in a I don't find you attractive. We but just don't know or know each other enough. <laughs> exactly. Like you know, let's wait. Let's let's or, see what happens. Whereas nine times out of ten, or pretty opposite days, George would have been like, "Yep." Yeah, and again, I think that goes back to her normal exposure to blokes in an industry where, you know, sex and drugs and all of those sorts of things are the the commodities in which people relate to each other. Mm. Um, The fact that he does, again, always comes back to the opposite of what she experiences, (laughs) just blows her away and I think just makes her more attracted to him. So, I I really like Victoria. I thought she was a good character as well. I don't think we see her again, do we? No, no, no. There's no no resolution to her, 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 um, her, their relationship. And that's the last time we see her in the car with George. Yeah, we don't see her I mean, I assume between the end of season five and the start of season six, he He probably uh, started to become his normal self. Yeah, I mean, the opposite, you know, it it started, uh, you know, losing its, its, its edge edge, (laughs) and the real George started to come out and, um, and then yeah. she realised she's like god damn yeah he probably guy. started eating a sandwich in bed and she's like what the fuck are you doing and kicked <laughs> him out and watching yeah. TV that's right pastrami. <laughs> that's right do you have anything else about Victoria no but we can talk about Cushman now sounds good uh, played by actor Paul Gleason. Uh, he's most famous for playing the grumpy vice principal Richard Vernon in the 1985 film The Breakfast Club ah, yes yep. he's the guy who tries to get those rascally kids in detention uh, he's also had roles in Die Hard, Not Another Teen Movie, and Van Wilder. Mm. Uh, he, unfortunately, he passed away in 2006 in Burbank, California. Okay. Mm. Hmm. Yes. Bummer. Yes. Uh, yeah, kind of like Victoria. Uh, I think he's just... He probably gets a lot of bullshit thrown at him if uh, he's interviewing for job roles. Oh, of course. You know, some yeah. people with resumes, they'll fabricate it or they'll yeah. kind of make Stretch it a bit of truth. a puffy kind of piece and they'll say, oh, I did this and this and this. And yep. I think, yeah, like Victoria, he's very happy and he's glad that someone just went out honestly and said I did this yep he yep. loves it yeah. he likes I, the upfront approach yeah I slept with the cleaning lady in my last job that's why I got fired yeah and I like how he goes you don't you, do you normally talk to people like this and he's like, and George is just like yep yeah I do yeah <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Office Space you know when um, oh, what's the main character's name you know when he gets trapped in the hypnotic state and he just stops giving a shit about yeah, everything right. that people stress about and uh, he goes in for that interview where they're you know downsizing and he just goes I don't care. I just turn up to go to... I just... Like, he just is completely I honest. just turn up to get money. Yeah, basically. Do, like, do he's like, I hate this job. He's like, Lumberg's a psycho. I hate this job. You know, I just come in and just check out. I just stare at the wall for like half an hour. Don't do any work. Blah, blah, blah. Like, he just lays it all out and they're so blown away. They give him a promotion. Yeah. And they... I think, hire this man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It reminded me a lot of that. I, I feel like that, you know, when they were writing Office Space that they took inspiration from this episode of I'm someone sure just come did. in and just laying it out yeah. and it works in their favour utterly. Do you think that would work in real life? Um, if you went for an interview and then you said, oh, I fucked the uh, maid or no, the cleaner a, or something? To a certain extent. No. Um, I I think people can... Uh, people can see... People, even if people are buying into bullshit, I think they innately know that it is bullshit. Yeah. You know, like if you go... To, if you're in a situation where a salesperson is trying to sell you something, on some level you know that they're sort of spinning the truth or telling you what you want to hear. But you go along with it because that's just the social norm or you want something out of that situation mm, yeah, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be something in it for you. Yeah. Mm. So, I think uh, a certain level of candidness and a certain level of honesty will get you so far, but then there is too honest. I think George is, in real life, would be considered too honest. Too honest. He just, but, he just lets everything lay bare. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I studied HR, actually. Yeah. And one thing I remember, it was a long, long time ago, mm. was that when it comes to interviewing people... Uh, if someone can honestly tell you their strengths and weaknesses and if they ask a que- you know that generic question of like so tell me what would be a weakness of yours and people are like 
well, I think I work too hard. Oh, you know that yeah. they're full of shit. Yeah, like, of course. Everyone's human. I have human. too many coffees. Exactly. Like, everyone's human. <laughs> Everyone has flaws. So, if someone can honestly say, look, I'm good at ABC, but XYZ needs some work, people appreciate that. So, I think a certain level of honesty from George in real life yeah. would get so far. But not, level- not full on no, honesty. No, 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 no. It's, it's obviously <laughs> fictional. Um, yeah. and I certainly would hire, wouldn't hire him if I was Cushman. No, 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 no. <laughs> So, uh, do you have anything else about him? Uh, no, I just think he's a pretty... Uh, he doesn't... He just doesn't like... Well, he cuts... Sorry, he doesn't like bullshit. Yeah. He just likes cutting to the chase. And yeah. Yeah, he appreciates someone different. And he says... He actually says, if my niece did say that you're the opposite of people... Yep. You know, that would normally go for these jobs. Yep, yep. Yeah. And I think the the fact that the reality matched up with the idea of George when he's... You know, his when Victoria said, told Cushman Yeah, you know, it. and then he's like, oh, I wonder what he's really like. And then it was completely as as described by Victoria. I think that worked well in his favour as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yep. Uh, why don't we talk about the Japanese business people? Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Do you have I any think, notes? Uh, no, I don't. But I have the name of the uh, executive, mm-hmm. uh, Ken Takemoto. Mm-hmm. That's his name. That's right. So in the episode, he's, he's uh, uh, credited as chairman. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah he doesn't yeah. actually uh, have a name. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's only in one scene for like thirty seconds. That's but right. uh, I just feel like he's a very traditional Japanese man. He's very, you know, mm. especially in business, Japanese people are very big on ceremony and procedure. They are. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, yeah. There's a lot of ceremonial aspects to Japanese business and a lot of tradition. I believe he's very open as well to other customs because in Japan, yeah. you don't shake hands. You bow, oh. and depending on how low you bow, that's the lower you bow to someone, that's the most more respect you have for them. Oh, okay. So if you're just seeing like someone, if I met you for the first time, I might just bow a little, like yep, you know, uh, I, I can't do it on audio, but you know, just just doing. A little I, bit. I understand what you mean. But if I bend like forty five degrees or a bit more, yep. then I have a lot of respect for you. You could be my boss, my best mate, or yep. family member, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, they don't shake hands. But I think he's very the chairman. Rather, is really open to Western customs. Yeah. That's why he goes to shake his hand. You know, it'd yeah. be awkward for an American who might not be familiar with Japanese uh, mannerisms. If Lippman walked in, if he was healthy and he walked in, and then the Japanese man bowed mm-hmm. he'd probably be like uh what? yeah he, maybe he's not familiar with the customs yeah no that's yeah. a good point actually yeah. i didn't pick that up so yeah. yeah i think he you know he's very big on tradition for his own customs and his own culture but when he's in another country with their own customs and culture he tries his best to 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 you know to to work with that mm. rather than sort of force his own customs in a in a foreign place yeah which i really appreciate of him well he's you know, it's good that he he understands the Western customs and yep. he transcends those. But unfortunately, Lippman, <laughs> yeah, fucks it up if only, unintentionally. If, if only he bowed to Lippman. Imagine if he if the Japanese chairman bowed to Lippman <laughs> instead of shaking his hand. Pen and publishing would still be fine. Elaine would still have a job. She yep. probably would never have worked at Peterman with Peterman. Lippman would still be there. It'd all be gun, going guns blazing. Kramer would have his book. It'd be a bestseller. Yep. He'd have a couple of other um, volumes of the book as well. And, and then our season 10 would have turned out a lot different. Oh, a lot different, I know. Yep. Crazy. Uh, Imagine we, that. Who should we talk about next? Uh, the Theatre Punks. Sounds good. Played by Rolando Molina and Michael Friedman. Uh, Michael is an actor and his only known credit is this episode. Oh, wow. Um, Rolando, he's an actor from El Salvador and he's appeared in the films Eagle Eye and Next Friday and he's also lent his voice for characters in TV shows including Family Guy and American Dad. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, big assholes, these blokes. They yeah. don't give a shit. They're kicking the back of George and Victoria's chairs and they're just making a ruckus and they just don't care. Yeah, they don't I just give think a shit. They're, they're just, just inconsiderate jerks. I don't think they're criminals, though. I don't think no. they're. That, they wouldn't rob a bank or they wouldn't kill someone or be gangsters or whatever. I, think if I they, just think they're just annoying jerks. Yeah, I think yeah. if they were genuinely uh, criminally minded. They wouldn't be intimidated by George. And if, yeah, if George said all that, they'd be like, what are you going to do? Yeah. They, or they, or they'd just, flash their gun or, you know, they exactly, do something. Yeah. yeah. yeah I yeah. think they just come across as like bratty little kids. Yeah, I think you so. You know, too. and then, you know, an adult rouse on them and they, they cowered away. They're essentially kids. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. K- kids in young men's bodies. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I really like them. Yeah, me too. They were probably maybe in their early 20s. Yeah, early yeah. to mid 20s, something yeah, like that. So. Yeah. Not really a lot to say about them. No, no. No. What, who do you have? Uh, well, I do have a couple of notes uh, on the poker players. Yeah. Cool. I don't, I just, I've just grouped them together. Poker player one, yeah. uh, two, three, and four. Isn't it odd 
how Jerry had people in his house to play poker. Yeah. You never see that, do you? No. I, I guess it's meant to demonstrate that Jerry evens out. Yeah. Yeah, and they probably yeah. wanted to find the most suitable way of doing it. Yeah, I mean, poker. it makes more sense yeah. for people to come to his house than, say, if he went to a casino yeah. and he was gambling. He's not that kind of person. No, he wouldn't no. go to a casino. I mean, he doesn't even drink booze. No, people so, would turn up to his house. Exactly, yeah. and it makes more sense. Um, I assume that they're maybe mates from um, his, like, comedy world. Maybe, yeah. You know, because they're never, you know, you don't know who they are. They're never mentioned in an episode. You, there's no references to them outside of, uh, well, at all. So I think they, they feel like comedians. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, they're maybe they're staff at the, you know, the comedy store or maybe. the venues yep. he performs at. But I think they're part of his comedy world. And maybe occasionally they just get together. Maybe they're taken in turns at each other's houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Jerry's turn. Um, you know, and they just play some friendly, um, good-natured poker every so often. We don't really see what Jerry gets up to. At night when he's at home. No. I mean, I we see him watching TV. Yeah, and that's probably, it. Yeah. I mean, he mostly works nights, really. He does, yeah. You know, so and he gets be, a night off and yeah, good. Yeah, play some poker. Play some poker. No, yeah. I really like it. Yeah, a good bunch of blokes. Yep. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Regis and Kathy Lee. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any notes on them. That's but, fine. Uh, you do. Oh, well, uh, played by themselves. Um, they're both former daytime Emmy Award winning television hosts. Uh, the talk show Live with Regis and Kathy Lee ran from 1985 to 2000. Uh, Kathy Lee left the show and it became known as Live with Regis and Kelly before he left in 2011. Uh, the show has, in all of its forms, has aired over 7,500 episodes. Wow. And it's currently hosted by Ryan Seacrest. Uh, Regis was known for hosting the game shows Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and Multi-Million... Oh, sorry, or, and Million Dollar Password, I should say, while Kathy Lee is known for appearing in the 70s show Name That Tune, and she's a singer-songwriter who's released several studio albums. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Not much to say about them because they're kind of playing themselves. Yeah. Uh, I think... Kramer kissing Kathy Lee. I think Kathy, you can kind of see she smiles a bit. Mm. I don't know if it was just. I don't know if she expected a kiss from Michael Richards. I don't know if that was. Improvised. She's definitely. There's definitely a bit of shock. Yeah, I think maybe Larry said to Michael, Michael Richards, Michael, go kiss Kathy Lee on the mouth. Yeah, yeah. I think it was something because you, you can see she's kind of shocked and a bit impressed as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah, the confidence, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe it was just funny. It's just like I didn't think she saw that coming. Yeah, I yeah. think I think Regis is genuinely, even though he's acting in this. Uh, uh, you know, if Kramer was a real life person on their show, I think the way he acted is pretty genuine. Just yeah. like this kooky tall guy with his crazy hair coming yeah. on promoting a coffee table book. It's like this guy's a bit left of center. He's bongos. He's yeah. bongos, I tell you. The guy's bongos. The guy's bongos. How great is it that they use the broadcast quality for, yeah. the, for the video? Yeah. They use like what it would have been in the 90s, the kind of simp bit grainy kind of TV yep. footage. How yep. good is that? No, it's really nice. It was so a good, good touch. Very nice touch, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good and uh, it was a shame because that was the first uh, part of his tour for Kramer and uh, Kramer spilled coffee on Kathy Lee and <laughs> Kathy Lee, I think I, it's probably like a lot of these characters who play themselves in Seinfeld, it's probably semi-fictional but I did pick up that Kathy Lee starts commenting about a dress and whinging that the coffee's on her. Okay. I think her character in this Episode is probably very pretentious. You know, right. you know how some some high profile TV personalities, you know, behind the scenes, they're all a bit devery, bit devery, bad. You know, they're rude and they're yeah. bitchy and they're nasty. But then when the camera's on, they're like, "Oh, hello." Yeah, I think she's probably uh, in, in the in the Seinfeld universe. I think behind the scenes, she's probably like, "Oh God, we got to speak to this weirdo with the coffee table book." Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Reed just is like, "Oh, he's probably the voice of reason." He's probably like, "Oh yeah, you know." Mm. And then Kathy's all like, "Oh God, this is gonna be annoying." Oh yep. hi, Cosmo. Yeah, you know, I know what you mean. I think she's maybe, like a bit two faced, maybe. Probably fair enough. Anyway, yeah, uh, I was trying to extract blood from a stone. <laughs> yeah, no, no. There's uh, there's a lot of the the downside of a lot of secondaries in an episode is that based on the fact that an episode is 21, 22 minutes, they're never really given a lot of airtime. So you kind of no. got to you know get what you can out of and, one or two scenes. And plus, uh, Regis and Kathy Lee, this is the only or the first time I ever heard of them. Yeah, when I first watched the opposite, I never heard of Kathy because we don't get Regis and Kathy Lee. No, we never. I, rec- did. I recognized yeah. uh, Regis from Who Wants to Be millionaire i've seen footage of, oh yeah you know, he used to be the host yeah yeah, yep, yeah yep. in america but uh yep. yeah i've never seen the talk show i just assume it's another talk show like daytime you know, pretty, talk pretty show. light-hearted yeah they just talk to people about some new fad or this yep. new diet or some crap that they're promoting yeah, that no yeah. one will give a shit about in <laughs> a day <laughs> exactly uh i just wanted to talk a bit about jake jamel oh yeah cool yeah um because it's a pretty significant episode for his character because they break up yeah and this is the last uh yeah. you see of him that's right uh so like you said before he's played by marty rackham i don't have any of his credits handy um, we have talked about him before, though, uh, in the sniffing accountant. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think his reaction uh, was uh, justified? Uh, do well, you think we talked about this before? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're in a car accident. Mm. 
and who knows what could have happened to you. You're in the hospital and your girlfriend decides to get some food on the way. Yeah. You know, and like you mentioned uh, before the break, or it might have been... No, no, it was actually when we were talking about the plot. Yep. You mentioned then that even if you were hungry, that the the fact that you're worried about the other person who was in the accident, yep. that would override any hunger or any thirst yeah. or feelings that you might have. Yep. So you just go straight there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, definitely justified. Yeah, I don't blame him. It's ridiculous. I think Clearly, it's one of Elaine's yeah. lowest moments. And I think, yeah, I think it is too. And it's funny because usually in a scene like that, Elaine might make a remark or, you know, do something like stamp her feet or do something of an aggressive nature and walk off. Yep. But the end of that scene, he was Jake saying good night, and then Elaine just grabs her bag and slowly slinks off. Yeah. I like how that's like the end of that scene. Yeah. Because usually he, he Elaine will like, yeah, he was in control, and because usually Elaine will turn around and say something and then walk out or yep. do something stupid. Well, or she was whatever. really into Jake, you yeah, because he yeah, lost yeah, weight, yeah, and right. I think I think she was just really stoked on life. Uh, you know, because it seemed, and she got a raise as well. Yeah, it was yeah, going. Yeah. You know, it was on an upward trajectory. Yeah. She got a raise. Uh, J- you know, Jake and her were talking about moving in together. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it all just falls apart really quickly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think she just is a bit defeated and a bit deflated when yeah. when Jake breaks up with her. That's it, and, and that's I, the start of everything going downhill. That's right, and yeah. I think even. Uh, you know, for someone like Elaine, uh, who, like the other core three, maybe excluding Kramer, doesn't really have a strong moral compass. No. <laughs> I think she genuinely feels bad. She's been completely caught out over a really bad decision and thoughtless and careless decision. And the fact that she's just spotlighted, it's just like, what the fuck were you thinking? I was in an accident. Like, that's horrible. Of course. And yeah. I think she feels genuine shame and regret for one of maybe the only times in the nine seasons. She, yeah, yeah, you can you know, see and that's, the look And on that's her why face, she yeah. slinks out rather than sort of has to get one up on him and have the last word or something. Yep. I think she's just like, yeah, I fucked up real bad. And I think it worked well. I'm glad that they didn't add anything extra. Yeah. Like her getting the last laugh, so to speak. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. That would have been unnecessarily cruel. Definitely. Because uh, you're right, because he's really keen. she was really keen on Jake. Yeah. 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 And I think it's one of the genu- the only times that she genuinely is self-aware enough to know that she did something really dumb yep. and really thoughtless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's I one of th- the only times where Elaine's emotional. Yeah. Like in the deal episode. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else about any of the other secondaries? No, nah, that's it for me, mate. I mean, yeah. we did mention the others like Tina and Rachel, who, like I said, we've spoken about Tina in a previous episode. We yep. have done an episode on Rachel. Yep. So if you want to hear more about them, just go. Because, I mean, Tina and Rachel didn't really have a significant no. impact on the story. I think um, Rachel was just there to close off Jerry's storyline. Yep. She's been in several episodes with him during season five. The longest five. running Jerry's, uh, longest running of Jerry's girlfriend throughout right. the whole nine seasons. That's right. And Tina has popped up in different seasons. And we I have do talked like about Tina. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I do yeah, like she, her. She's more subdued in this episode, though. Yeah, she's yeah. not as. Uh, she's nah. not like more nasally. Yeah. Hi, Elaine. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, that's it for the opposite. That's right, yeah. So what do you reckon? Uh, should we just get straight in our top 20s? Sounds good. Yeah, let's just do it. Yep. Get it done. Cool. All right. Well, uh, out of the 75 episodes, Steve, that we've done, my hmm. gosh, where does the opposite sit? Uh, it sits at number 14. 14, fabulous. Yeah. Yep. So definitely a strong episode. Yeah. Secondaries were really good. There were a lot of them, which is cool. Um. I wish that maybe there was less of them or they gave more screen time. I wish they fleshed out uh, Victoria and George's storyline a bit, even if they carried it to the next carried episode to the next or something. Season. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, Just that's, to that's see. the thing with Victoria. I mean, I wish they... I think she was quite interesting considering yeah. the very little screen time she well, had. Well, the circumstance yeah. of George doing the opposite made any person within that circumstance interesting because they're reacting to what he normally isn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, so, yeah, yeah. And also to, to fit the George... like ethos if you will i think it would have been awesome if the episode finished with george taking the opposite too far with victoria yep. and then it just backfires yeah it would have yeah. been cool like, and then it maybe, tail ends into season maybe season like a six. closing credit yeah. scene of like her being frustrated that he won't sleep with her yeah, yeah and then yeah. he says no fi- one final time and, it, and she's just like well fuck it like or, I tried. Or something happens or yeah yeah, yeah. It, it just felt a bit unresolved yeah and that knocked the episode down for me if uh, a touch because she's the main secondary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, strong episode. There's a reason why it's considered one of the best. Um, yeah, just really hilarious. Lots of good moments. Lots of classic moments. Um, yeah. And I just like episodes where some of the other core four are sort of propped up a bit yeah, rather than yeah. Jerry. Jerry's great in this, but you know, the fact that he's sort of in the background a bit more yeah. is something I appreciate as well. The storylines weave quite well. Yeah. It just yeah. makes it a bit different. Yeah. yeah and they all sort of fit in nicely at the end as well. Excellent. What about you? Number 72. What? <laughs> well, that would be the opposite of what I'd say. Oh, okay, right. Number four. Okay. I was like, uh, okay. I, I said to you, Stephen, off air last week that 
um, I thought, because the opposite, I remember it being such a wonderful episode, mm. I thought it would knock the contest off. Right. I was. I thought, surely... The, the, I don't. I think there's probably you could probably count on one hand how many episodes could knock off the contest in mm-hmm. my top episodes of all time, but the opposite doesn't quite reach it. But it's number four, right? Yeah, fair enough. I'll read my top ten while I'm here anyway. Okay. Um, number ten is the Showerhead. Number nine, the Hamptons. Eight, the Bizarro Jerry. Seven, the Soup Nazi. Six, the Puffy Shirt. Five, the Fusilli Jerry. Four, the Opposite. Three, the Outing. Two, the Mango. Won the contest. Nice. Um, none of the secondaries made my twenty. Yeah, you? neither. No. Yeah, same with me. Uh, if Victoria had more screen time, she may have had a, a chance of maybe appearing in the the, the high teens, yeah. maybe 18, 19 or something like we that. We need more Victoria. We do, we yes. do. Uh, and that's it. That's We're it. Yeah, that's we- it. Wow, <laughs> it feels so... It's, it's done. Two yeah. years. Yeah, two years, I know, man. Yep, it's and we've been, got at least yeah. two more years. Yeah, and, and at the bottom of my heart, I, I just want to say, Stephen, it's been a really great ride with you. Yeah, it has. Um, I didn't expect to have the popularity that we have with mm-hmm. this podcast. I remember you saying before we even recorded episode one, you said, and I, I, I'm just paraphrasing you here, if only our friends and family listened to this podcast, we'd be happy. Yep. But anything else is a bonus. Anything else is a bonus, and we have a lot of bonuses. A lot of people listening to us, and we're we're really thankful um, that you're listening to us, and we're you're one of the reasons why we keep doing this. Uh, we really appreciate the feedback and the kind emails and messages we receive from you, and it's great seeing people from all around the world downloading us and listening to us, and hopefully uh, telling us about telling us or. Oh, Telling your friends and family, rather, that's what I'm trying to say. Yep. About us. And uh, yeah, we're really grateful. And here's to uh, two years more. Yeah, no, I uh, I can't really say much more than that. Um, it's been a, an awesome ride. It's been really fun. Um, and it's created a new passion. I really love podcasting. I love, I'm a bit of a nerd. I love details. So the opportunity to, 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 do, to do this, to do this, you know, semi officially or semi formally every week, yeah, um, is something that really appeals to me personally. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's forged a really awesome friendship. So yeah, it's yeah. it's been only positive. Um, you know, sometimes there's struggles here and there. Oh, um, but we've overcome them, and it's uh, yeah, it's all good. So yeah. it's only going to get better. Sure so will. like like George's life, we're on an upward trajectory. Upward trajectory, and hopefully it doesn't even out at <laughs> no. least until the end of Bidwa Basque's run. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hopefully we don't. You know, hopefully we're not down like Elaine. No, you no. Know, at the end, we don't have jobs. <laughs> our, our partners are like I'm. Fucking sick of Seinfeld. That's right. You're dumped. Like we we lose our homes, <laughs> everything. We lose our jobs. Yeah, pendant publishing goes under. <laughs> our work, pendant publishing. <laughs> you know, everything goes to shit. Yeah, HG yeah. Pennypack Studios goes up in flames. Yes. Yep. And uh, thank you as well for picking this episode. Like I said at the start, we did give you four episodes to choose from, and the majority, by a very slim margin, picked the opposite. So thanks again. Yep, we should no do pick. maybe in the future we'll do another listener choice. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe down the line later this year. We'll, for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yep. And uh, yeah. So thanks again for listening. We really appreciate it um, before we sign off if you want to get in touch with us you can uh, email us at bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com we're on all forms of social media if you just search uh, Seinfeld or Bidwabask uh, we're on all podcast apps as well if you want to check us out there or tell uh, someone else who might uh, enjoy this about us uh, if you want to rate us or review us that would be awesome as well and yep. we are on Patreon as well uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C and check out our tiers yep. um, and all of the goodies that uh, paying us a couple of bucks a month will get you yes uh, and also more if you're a content creator or an advertiser sponsor that's right yes next week Stephen we're doing our second ever two parter in this series mm-hmm. the Cadillac oh I can't wait yes parts one and two our first one was the trip but that was all the way back at the start of this series yeah so there you go so this is our first one in a very long time can't wait so can't wait to watch a 45 minute episode of Seinfeld it's going to be <laughs> wicked indeed talk about the secondaries from there my name's Ivan I'm Stephen and we will see you next week bye catch ya this man.